your middle name is Physical Barrier. Barrier, welcome to Don't Be an Idiot, the podcast that tells you your new middle name. Oh, that's what we do now. <laughs> no, man, we, we we do the word histories, words, phrases, whatever the fudge you want to hear about. We're going to go backwards, mm-hmm. not forwards. We're going into history. And we're going to tell you the history of some of these fun things that we say that we don't even think about. Some of our regular listeners might say, Albert, going backwards? Sometimes your guesses take place in the future, <laughs> even though they're supposed to guess the history. one time. It was twice. Um, I went to the future twice. You went once, and then the next time you kind of dipped into the future a little bit, and I was like, uh. No, I was still in the mood, I think. Uh, if you might hear some some rain, it's raining right now. Let's see, can you hear it? So, Ryan has one of those sound machines sound so he can fall asleep. <laughs> um, so, you know, enjoy that, I guess. A little it actually noise. is really peaceful. Yeah, it is. It's like we're a spa. Can yeah. you imagine if we were a spa podcast? I wish we were in um, like a Ryokan, you know, and then mm-hmm. like you slide the doors mm-hmm. and it's a rainy night in Japan. Like, oh, oh give me that. Man, that tastes real nice. Where are your shoes? Where are my shoes? By the door, because we're not wearing shoes no in way. the Ryokan. No, of course not. Where's your bed? It's on the ground. Right. If we're ready for bed. If not, it's in a drawer. <laughs> I love that. I love Japan. Yeah. Japan. Japan is the best. It is so the best. Um, A couple things. We have Dubia Monster koozies on our band cam that you can purchase for five bucks. Um, We got a few more. So we're just doing a limited run of them. So if that is of interest to you anywhere in the world, just... Jump if on to don'tbeanedium.bandcamp.com and we will hook you up. We would love to see these things all over the place. Yeah, and, and please send us your pictures of you drinking them. Um, oh, we just yeah. got a fresh one in from oh, our good yeah. friend, Jersey Devil Dave, Dave McCloy. today. Yeah, man. His his dad r- wrote the, the. Like, the text on the Jersey Devil in the 1970s. And he passed away in 2012, but we've befriended Dave. And he's like, just the best guy he's the best guy ever but he sent us a, a picture of him with the dubia monster koozie that could be you it could be you it could be you but what probably won't be you is you sitting in front of his like handmade jersey devil silhouetted cutout with light up red eyes and breathe smoke we, it is yeah, awesome we dare you we dare you to have a better background yeah be better than that that would be we, we only we want to see that that'd be hard to do yeah um we also got uh t-shirts made so we have our they are first in. Don't Be an Idiom t-shirts, it's our Once in a Dead Moon shirt that um, our, our good friend Margaret designed, and it's a moon made of dead people. Yes, dude. And, and it's on the horizon above the water, and it says Don't Be an Idiom across the water. And it's you really, know, and so it's really cool. You can get that on our band camp, too. And we did not force Margaret to do this. <laughs> she was inspired by a... And the funny, the fun part about it is this was a small part of Ryan's um, Blue Moon episode Yeah, about how children... What it's like a ch- children's they answer, told right? children about like what they think the moon is made of. One yeah. was a bunch of rags. I remember that, right? Right, yeah. And then one was dead people. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering where that came from. I couldn't remember that idea. And, came from. and Margaret took that upon herself and made this beautiful dead moon image. And I cannot wait for everyone to be wearing it. Yeah. And we get out there, we walk around together. We walk around. 
do a little march. And then people are like, hi, where did you get that shirt? I'm glad you asked at my at this website and it is www.don'tbeanidiom.com that is there's so much wrong information in that <laughs> it's not our website because oh, there's only two w's <laughs> well www's not a thing don'tbeanidiom.com is not a thing <laughs> there's definitely no one sing talking at us in philadelphia this is well not because we don't have the shirts yet they're oh, ready yeah, but yeah. we couldn't pick them up yet because we both work real jobs it's only open till four. It's hard to get to. I mean, like if we were real people, we would not be able to ever get our shirts. Exactly. Yeah, ten to four. How is that possible? I guess you wait for a holiday. Wait for but a what holiday. if they're off on the same holiday? Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah. Well, anyway, you said you had a, a you heard an Italian phrase or an Italian American phrase. Yeah. So I you want to talk about. So right next to me at my classroom, there's Lucy, which people lovingly referred to as Aunt Lucy a lot of times around school. And she's, she's, a, she's a very, teacher? yeah, she's a teacher. She's very like old school Italian gotcha, kind yeah. of thing. Like you'd think she's straight out of South Philly, but she's not. Like yeah. she's just from over there. Right. But the other day we were talking about this other teacher and I'm going to, well, I don't know, just in case any of the teachers listen, but I would, I would, he's a good looking guy. Mm-hmm. He really is fit too. Nice. But he is stiff as a board, and it always, it always <laughs> was a problem for me because I'm over here like an octopus, be like move around, like wiggle it. I was like, why don't you move around? He does it like, like he's so straight laced. I'm like, yeah, like he he also seems like he might be someone who eats people because oh, he's like so yeah. put together. Sure, like, you know, I could, yeah, yeah, I get um, it. but. I never, I don't know if said anything because I'm like, what, whatever. Hey, but, man, why are you so stiff? Well, I don't say anything to anybody else because then they're going to think I'm jealous of how <laughs> hot he is. Right. He definitely eats bodies, by the way. Oh, dude. That's how he gets the big muscles. But right. the other day we were talking about Lucy brought him up mm-hmm. and she's like, you know. Boy, that man like, is fit. No, no. She's like, uh, there's this like, she's like, there's like kind of like nothing to him. She's like waving her hand over her eyes. Like there's, he's just like kind of like nothing. And I'm like, thank you, Lucy. I feel the same way. And then she goes like this. Yeah. He's got no piage. And I'm like, <laughs> and then it's sort of like a panache. It, well, kind, it, it sounds like that. Right. Piage. And she's doing like the Italian hands, yeah. fingers thing. He's like, yeah, no yeah. piage. And I, and then oh I'm like, God, what do you mean? That. She's like, you know, no salt, no pepper, no flavor. And I'm like, yeah. I love that. No piage. Wow. That's really funny. She uh, also says, that's great. she also says elegante instead of elegant, <laughs> <laughs> which just kills me. Elegante. Elegante. <laughs> you would love her. You I, yeah. Love I really her. love this. The sound of this Lucy yeah. woman. Yeah. Well, we'll get her, we'll get her on the show. Yeah. I just gotta, you know. She she could be she could be your great aunt for sure. Anyway, we've got nothing else for the top of the show. So sometimes, or do you? Would you have something? I just want to say we both had COVID. (laughs) Oh, we did. Oh, see that? Isn't it nice that you just can forget? Yeah, I did forget. So I got COVID, and I was we we're doing a reunion show on June twenty fourth together. Um, our old hardcore punk band, and we were having a practice on Monday. And we were playing for four hours, and I'm just playing drums for like hours. And I was like, I, I don't feel very good. I My feel elbow. something feels weird. 
And then I came home and I tested and I, I had COVID. I was like, hey guys, you guys are probably going to get COVID. So Albert and then like did. the next day we were both like, yeah, right. <laughs> and then like two days later, I was like, oh, room feels so good. <laughs> and me and Ryan had like split food that night. And, like, oh yeah, know. it was like a whole so, thing. But yeah. we, but I, we had also this in an airtight soundproof recording room. For four too. hours, yeah. right. But episode 74, you know, we had to record our song still, write and record our song. So oh, yeah. our um the the most recent song we did, which is uh It's Cool to Be Rich. Which if you haven't heard yet, just skip right to the end of the episode and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, just go back to Play it on your yacht. Right. Just go turn your yacht on. Actually turn your yacht <laughs> turn off your yacht. so it's quiet. Um Except for the radio and skip the to the LEDs. end of seventy four and listen to our new song, It's Cool to Be Rich. Um it's a hit. It's a guaranteed hit. It's a hit. But anyway, it was kind of fun because we we like got, we couldn't you know, be together. Yeah, we couldn't do it together. So we like got on the phone. Like we wrote the lyrics. We talked about the vibe, and then I just like recorded it in yeah. my uh, in my bedroom. Yeah, it was like the postal service. It was a much different process, but it was fun. It was fun, and we believe that Ryan was to hit was able to hit the depths of those those oh, yeah. lows because he was sick. Yeah, those are not effects like, on my voice. I'm actually going that, that low. Deep for that for a week his voice got that deep. Right. So every time every time we get sick, we should record we should like all right, we got to record a song That's great. in that same character. That's great. I love I love when people have like their raspy sick voice. It's cute. It's so cute. All right, so game uh, right before the game, we I do this is a present episode. Every once in a while, I like to l- bring a little couple of presents. And the first one is Rye. These are those pins. Oh, so our nice. our these are awesome. Our number one guy on the inside right now, Matt Dira. Oh, um, he made a Saddam Rat Boy pin too. No, no, those are no, <laughs> no, those are from um, Newton Loitering, oh, okay. which I oh, think cool. we've talked about before. But these are awesome. So, uh, so Matt. Uh, I know you're listening. He, the other day at coffee club or before I went to coffee club, he's like, I got something for you and Ryan. And I was like, what in the world could it be? And we got there and he, he like, he's like, put out your hand. And he poured a bunch of buttons into my hand and he made. Now, if you know this reference, you are a true fan. The Paul mall smoking society button. Yeah. They look great. So that was a, like three, two or three episodes ago. We were talking yeah, right. about we're what talking Paul about mall was. Oh and Paul yeah. Mall cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. And so I love these. We have a limited number of them. And if you order something, we are going to throw one in yeah, for we'll you. Yeah, we'll throw one in there. But Ryan, uh, make sure you take one tonight because oh, you are obviously you. in the Paul Mall Smoking Society. Oh, thank you. And then the second thing that I want to give you, this is the bigger one. This is the finale. Here you go. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And this has something to do... <laughs> Oh, you read the you read the tag. <laughs> it's a dollar sign money clip, <laughs> which you will understand if you listen to our song. It's cool to be rich, as Thank Ryan you. mentioned. Look, I what, love that. What do you think I got? You think I got just one just for you? <laughs> Look at it's that so sweet funny. bad boy, dude. A dollar sign money clip. That's how you know you've made it. It's not quite what I envisioned. I was hoping for something bigger with like jewels on it, but like. No, that's still pretty good. This is fine. It's classy. Because you know, every once in a while, you go out to a nice club and you want you don't want a big fat wallet in your pants. Oh yeah, you just got so the you dollar sign money, money clip. clip. Yeah, it's better than a hair band. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. This is like so much um, uh, idiom swag. You know, I know, guys. The idiom swag is piling up. It is. Get it while it's hot. 
All right, I guess we'll jump into the game, see who goes first, and then we're going to regale you with tales of idiom histories. Right, if we can keep them in our brains. So what we're gonna do I is- We should be able to do that. I, I feel like I struggle. <laughs> what we're gonna do first is play a game, and you might have heard of this one before. It is Tick Tack Toe, which Ryan believes is unlosable, and I am here to prove <laughs> that he's wrong. All right, so let's, uh, we'll knock this game out real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll come back and see who goes first. That's right. <laughs> I didn't miss that. Ryan just let me win. <laughs> not see that diagonal i wasn't really paying attention to be All honest right fine <laughs> yeah, you got no piage <laughs> all right so i just like while i start here i just would like to dedicate this this idiom to someone to me someone really special no you don't get shit um this one goes out to our homegirl joanna at santucci's pizzeria oh that's nice she was great she was great and she said an idiom twice while we were oh. at the table with her. And what's crazy about it is because I already had the information printed and ready to go. <gasps> Whoa. And I was like, it's a sign. Like I, I knew I wanted to do it. I needed some time to research it. And that's amazing. She said it twice. And then what was it? And what she said was, that's a bridge too far. She said that twice. twice? Interesting. And it, you had already researched it. Oh Yeah. It wow. was it was printed like I, I I like to keep a couple, you know, ready to go in case. And uh yeah. but this one needed some longer research, so I was waiting for a time when I had time. Oh my god. And then I was like, Well, I can't wait any longer because and I I remember thinking like, Did Ryan hear that? Did he hear that, <laughs> that idiom twice? No, I didn't even hear it. Anyway, I hope she's listening. Joanna, you were so cool. Bridge too far. That means yeah. like beyond what you're willing to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, uh, that's like, that's the vibe. Yeah. What's the Look at this. exact definition? Yeah. Something that is too ambitious or drastic to be realistic. Oh, okay. Yeah. An action that is very complicated and challenging to execute and likely to fail. Oh. Or a situation in which a person or group takes on more than they can handle. Hmm. That's yeah. a bridge too Those far. Are three different man. kind of. Yeah, they're also they're a little different. They're also similar, um, but but slightly nuanced and different. Mm. But uh, bridge too far. I love it. All right. So I'm gonna guess. What do you think? Where, where do you think that comes where from? Where did this po Where could this possibly have come from? A bridge too far. I'm gonna say in 1910. Okay. In America. You know, people were going out west. They were they were looking for gold. Naturally, I guess that was more like the late 1800s, but people were probably looking for gold in the, in the 19... People are always looking for gold, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay? <laughs> that is a good point. I'm looking for gold right now. Right, 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 right. Did you see they found a, a, bunch Buddha, of gold? a Buddha from the like Ming Dynasty today on the news? I mean, they found it on the news? It's worth like 120 grand. Like, where did they find it? In Australia. Really? In the bush. <laughs> that this was, was on the news this morning. Wow. Oh. No, I didn't know. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That could have been us. <laughs> okay, well, we gotta get the Australians start <laughs> digging for Buddhas. Well, not now. They're, no. Everyone's gonna be doing that now. Well, so my guess <laughs> is that people went out west, and you know they they came upon the Grand Canyon, and there was a guy. Um, you know his his name was it was a simple name, Tim McHenry. Oh, that is simple. And he. He had a vision. He got to the Grand Canyon. He's like, oh, it's going to take a long time to get around. But what if we could just go over? Yeah. Right. You know? Right. And then so some other guys that had been there for a long time were like, Tim McHenry, that's just um, not really possible. I mean, we've all thought it. And like, you're also definitely not the first person <laughs> to think about building a bridge from, you know, north side to south side. Right. Grand Canyon. And he's like, Wow. I'm the first person <laughs> to have that idea. The very <laughs> first. The very, very Grand first. Grand Canyon Bridge number one. <laughs> and all the guys are like, God damn it, that guy's really annoying. He is dumb. So uh, Tim McHenry hires a, you know, a crew, a crew of guys. And he's like, let's just see how this goes. And, and they, instead of going from like the middle of the Grand Canyon to the other middle of the Grand Canyon. Uh-huh. They kind of did it to the side where, you know, there's just a little, little pieces that were like, well, yeah. Like, you know, cause you don't, cause you could still say I have a bridge over the Grand Canyon right. so it was like, but without it being in the we'll middle is much longer. Oh, near impossible. <laughs> right. it's a, they w- I'm surprised they haven't done it. They will. They will eventually try. Yeah. But so, you know, to make Henry built this, this like little bridge to the side <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, that's a pretty good Pretty good bridge there. And then he's like, you know, that's that ain't nothing. I was just practicing. Um, time for, for Grand Canyon Bridge number two. <laughs> and uh, he, he, like, about five miles in, he made a really big bridge. Yeah. And then um, he's like, now I'm going to go for the, the <laughs> middle. A walk. I'm going to go for a walk and brainstorm my next bridge. <laughs> Anyway, he decides he he really wants to build it himself. Um, he's, he, oh, yeah. oh. And so he's laying down the wood and the rope, and he's, you know, it's kind of working where he's, like, building. <sighs> but um, eventually, you know, his he was there, like, only about 20 feet away from the... <laughs> <laughs> from the, from the wow, first. 20 feet. We could not build a bridge 20 feet over <laughs> the Grand Canyon. And he just... <laughs> plummeted. He plummeted to the bottom. And everyone, no one even flinched. People were watching and they're like, well, yeah. Like, there was no way he was going to get any farther than that. And they're like, you know, that's a guy who made a bridge too yeah. far. Yes, you know? he did. That is good. But that he is real just, good. Could he, just open up a little, you know, ice cream shop downtown. Yeah. I mean, he could have been satisfied with the little bridge. It's still a bridge. It's still the first bridge over the Grand Canyon. Right. Well, I thought that was a great guess. I love that a lot. Yeah. It is, in a way, because it has a bridge in it, it's right. (laughs) But in the other ways, it's not right. All right. Well, where did this come from? Where did this idiom come from? All right. So, Ryan, I'm going to set a scene for you. Mm -hmm. It's 1944. You're a young Dutch girl. (laughs) And you're out frolicking or making daisy chains or whatever the fuck people did before, like, Nintendo. And you look up in the sky and you see something that you can't quite comprehend. Uh So you shout out, 
Jesus is throwing people out of heaven. <laughs> they were military paratroopers. Oh, sure, yeah, 1944. Could you imagine seeing that and not know and not having a frame of reference? Right. It'd be a surprise. I'm talking a lot. I mean, to be a little Dutch girl and see that? No, no, I'm talking a lot of paratroopers. Oh, okay. Like thousands. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah, it looks like jellyfish, really. I in bet. This, in the sky. Yeah, yeah, I bet. All right, so what is happening? You, what I'm going to tell you is happening is this is a reference to the World War II Allied forces. They led this failing mission to overtake... German bridges in a mission known as Operation Market Garden. Whoa. So this is a history episode. That's interesting. And that's why it takes so long for me because I- to process all the- Of all of the kind of learning I'm bad at, yeah. history is my worst. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it just doesn't stick. But I, I'm, this is, a, this is a surprise that Bridge Too Far has something to do with World War II. Right, it does. And so I'm going to give it my best shot here, okay? Yeah, go for so, it. But what you need to understand about Operation Market Garden to take over all these German bridges is what happened early, just a little bit before. And this thing is in the wake of the D-Day invasion, Whoa. okay? Yeah. And actually, it's like, it's right around two months after that. So okay. like- the Germans and the Nazi people or whatever, they're like on the run. Like yeah. they're on the run from the allies and everyone in America wants to just like hammer this home, give them the coup de grace and like mm -hmm. get it over with. Right. And uh, so they, this, there's this um, field marshal that mm -hmm. devises this plan, even though so many people said like, this is really risky. <laughs> Like it's one, it's one of those plans where everything has to go right. Yeah. And there's like no margin for error. Right. But, but everyone was so pumped from like D-Day and like, like all the stuff like that happened after that. Like they like, what, I just wanted I, to like see the boys win again. France and shit. Like, right. um, so yeah, they, like everybody wanted to end it and they wanted to end it by Christmas. Because mm -hmm. this was like all taking place in like uh, September, this this mission. Right, yeah. Okay? Get these boys home for the yeah. holidays. Okay. So, um, basically what happened is there's this guy, Field Marshal Bernard Montgomery. He throws together Operation Market Garden in something like a couple of weeks, right? Mm -hmm. And it basically is a bunch of paratroopers. It's like 35,000 paratroopers and like people being flown in on like planes carrying like supplies and all that shit. It's, they're all being dropped behind enemy lines. It's the biggest, nothing like this has ever been done before. All right. So they're going to drop all these people in and it's like this multi-pronged attack where everything has to work like in unison mm -hmm. for it to make sense. Basically nothing's, nothing can go wrong. Right. So we've got people landing in Eindhoven. They are landing in, Nijmegen and Armin to secure five bridges that are behind em enemy lines. And the last one is this one in Arnhem, which is like they keep referring to as the prize. Like once you get mm -hmm. to Arnhem, you, it's like the prize. And the whole thing's supposed to take three days and pretty much everything goes wrong. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those like basic kind of like hubris sort of stories. Yeah. But I also feel like it's not as well known of a story. And I was like surprised to be learning about all this. Yeah. I can't say that I've ever heard this story. Okay. 
Great. All right. So then I'm just going to take you, I'm going to try to like condense this as much as I can. Already mentioned that on September 17th, 35,000 paratroopers with gliders, they're flown in, all this stuff is dropped off. But the, they, they were like the biggest thing that they needed were these armored Jeeps to get them to this bridge mm-hmm. to like take over. Right. Those, those got effed. Like none of the Jeeps worked mm-hmm. and like a lot of the supplies and stuff like that. Like those planes kind of like went down. So basically these guys were on foot when they were expected to be at least a lot of them able to get there on wheels. Yeah. And that delayed everything. Also, uh, there were like Germans ended up going through some of those grounded gliders and actually found plans for Market Garden. Oh shit, that's yeah. not good. No, because this was supposed to be like a big surprise attack, but it's right. like, like, well, this is yeah. what they want to do. Right. Although there was this like con, like this is like thing where like where apparently they brought him to like the German like whatever uh, general or whatever, and he's like, those are decoy plans. Like we're not going to pay attention to them. Which is kind of weird, yeah. Because there's a lot of these, there's kind of like a lot of these things that happen. It's like, it's so much about like circumstance and people being not prepared or whatever. But also on top of everything, the Allied forces radios didn't work. They could not. They had to be. There's basically four big units, and they could not coordinate. And it was so important that all of them did communicate. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I mentioned Idovin, Nijmegen, and Arnhem. So real quickly, here's the plan. The American 101, 101st Division, they were going to drop in and they had to go, they had to like take this thing called the Son Bridge. But the Germans anticipated it and they blew it up. They blew up the bridge, right? There's only one road to this main goal in Arnhem. So they had to actually bring in um, building material and rebuild an entire bridge. Like, like in a way that only an army could do it. Yeah, right. But that set them back like something like 36 hours. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Building a bridge in 36 hours, though. That's, it's amazing. That's amazing. It's amazing. But, but still, though, because right. this attack was only supposed to last a total of three days, they're already just like so fucked. Like Ugh. everything had to work in unison. All right. Then in Nijmegen, the 82nd Airborne Division, they were able to... T- they they at first they couldn't take their bridge. This thing's all about bridges, right? So they started going, and it like wasn't working. They got they got pushed back, and then they ended up having this crew come in and bring these collapsible little shitty boats. Mm-hmm. And while everyone was focused on the bridge, they like paddled and went across to the other side of the bridge where the Germans were, and it was like it was like a mini D day. Like wow. you are just paddling and they're like, if you don't have a paddle, use the butt of your rifle. And they're going like crazy. Right. But the whole time from the shore, the Germans are just shooting them with machine guns and stuff. Jesus like, Christ. And I just kept thinking, I have no heart. Like I have none. Like these guys are like praying and like, you know what I'm saying? Saying right. how Mary's and like, most of them are dying. But yeah. anyway, they end up getting to the shore, boom, taking it over. And then they take that bridge. Right. But then the Germans are like, F it. We're not giving this bridge. They had all the C4 attached to it, right? And they went to blow it and it didn't blow. Just by chance. It just didn't go. Oh like the wiring yeah. was wrong or whatever. It was crazy. Wow. So anyway, so they're getting through there, right? But then there's Arnhem. Arnhem, like what has been called the prize. That's what they needed to like essentially be the last breakthrough bridge and then get over into Germany and like shut down everything that they were doing. It could have won the war, basically. Mm-hmm. This was like this big chance to win the war. So they couldn't land close enough to Arnhem. 
the closest safe spot was like eight miles away. And because all those Jeeps were destroyed and all that stuff, they had to march. So they were again, so far behind. And there were two SS Panzer divisions in like the German, whatever that they had just, just happened to move there. Um, and when they started approaching on foot, like, so one thing I never thought about is like, if you're just a paratrooper on foot and you have no supplies, you have very little, like you got like the guns in your hands, that's it. Mm-hmm. But you have these like tank divisions that are like, you know, not the best like stocked at this point because like the Germans are on the run, but it's like, still you have tanks and they have like what they can carry in their hands. So they were like totally outgunned. Man. By the way, the the allied forces believed that um, all the remaining like German quote unquote soldiers at, the, at this point were like young, young children and old men feeble. Like they totally underestimated like the stocks of soldiers yeah. that were still hanging around. Oh my God. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, they almost like they're, they're so far off. They're so behind. And this one group is able to take half of the Armin bridge but on the other side, the German soldiers are pushing them back and it's just like, they end up, they're not able to take it. Mm-hmm. And over a couple of days, they push them back completely and then they have to like secretly evacuate in the night. Um, it's a, the mission is a total failure oh, man. Is, is basically what I'm getting at. What a shame. Not to mention, I, I didn't even mention the, the uh, 30 core, which are the like, the, they're just like all these dudes in tanks and jeeps and stuff that are riding up this like 10 mile highway to just go through all of these bridges go through this, this like one 10 mile thing and they are just getting jammed up and everything and they can't yeah, get over bridges and the, it's like traffic right. everywhere. there's no side roads no nothing oh man yeah so anyway here's the deal what you need to know yeah so when I'm this curious all like, ends, yeah the bridge too I know, far though I know so I've talked a lot about bridges right yeah I have so there, there is this guy, Field Marshal Montgomery, who mm. this whole thing was his plan, and against Eisenhower's best, like, with, like He's Eisenhower like, was like, don't do I don't, I don't know. I think we need more of like a broad approach and yeah. whatever. He's like, no, no, straight shot, right through the middle, like <laughs> perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so he was famously quoted to say this about about it. Operation Market Garden was a 90% success. That's not 100, though. That's, yeah, and like 90%, dude, like you, it didn't, like my thing is, it didn't succeed at all. Like the whole yeah. thing was to end the war. So 90% success of ending the war? No. Right. And, um, and he but, got a lot of criticism for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, there was this, and here's where, here's where it comes in. The, the airborne commander, General Bully Browning was allegedly quoting as saying this. Well, as you know, I always felt we tried to go a bridge too far. Mm. The, the whole thing was about bridges. It was yeah. like five bridges. Yeah. The, so Arnhem was the bridge too far. And so that's what, as soon as he said that, it came into... Yeah, so, okay. And it wasn't a phrase already? Well, so here's the thing. Um, this became part of like popular lexicon in... 1974 when Cornelius Ryan wrote a book called A Bridge Too Far all about this it's just it's just like a historical you know like reference of this entire thing oh that's cool so that's what so was it was it a saying before it's kind of like this is where it really got its sure like um, 
People power. started using it. Yeah. And then in 1977, Richard Attenborough, he made his all-star epic film of the same name, A Bridge mm. Too Far, which is what I did this week. I watched all three hours of the movie A Bridge Too Far. <laughs> You did? Dude, it took me three nights. I had to, I had, because I was taking notes too. And it was school nights, right? Yeah. So I'm watching this, I'm watching this movie an hour a night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's called A Bridge Too Far. So before I watched it, I read a movie review which said, undoubtedly impressive in its attention to detail and accuracy. But it is a very long slog. <laughs> As a history grade, we give it an A minus, which is ah, that's high. Pretty good. As an entertainment grade, we give it a D. Oh shit! <laughs> and you're like, I'm gonna watch this. But I thought to myself, I was like, well, so what I thought was really cool. I read about the movie a little bit. They brought in people who were there, like people in the army, like people at the time that were experiencing this shit mm-hmm. and helping. Wow. Like, to you make know, it get as their take on it. Okay. So I'm like, this thing is like essential. And like, you don't even feel like when you're watching this, there's no great love story or like one main character. There's like not like a main character. It's just, yeah. it's a, it was, I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> Maybe it's like Dunkirk in a way where it's not really a plot, but you're just like in it for yeah. the, the length of the movie. Yeah, I just I I just really disagree with the entertainment grade. I thought oh, it was I thought good. it was very entertaining. Yeah. Well, and you know who uh, Richard Attenborough is, right? I don't. The director. So, uh, he, did he do he, something bad? No, he was a, he was a famous <laughs> British director. Um I, I think he did Gandhi, which was a huge like Oscar go. picture. But famously, he is the owner of Jurassic Park. Spare no expense. Spare no that's, expense. So that's the that's the director, Richard Attenborough. That's him? Yeah. Wow, dude. That is amazing. Yeah, man. That's amazing. Holy shit. That's like blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just an actor. No, man. Spare like no a expense. Famous director. Well, you know what? I would imagine he spared no expense when he got this all-star oh, cast. Good. Listen to this. Um, A Bridge Too Far, starring Sean Connery, oh. Gene Hackman, Shit. Michael Caine, wow. Robert Redford, wow. and The Hop, Anthony Effing Hopkins. That cast None of is them are le- These are leading men. These are five leading men sharing... <laughs> The the wealth. How what a ride. With a ridiculously unnecessary cameo by John Rats Ratzenberger, who is Cliff, the mailman from Cheers. Oh yeah. It it, Very cool. it is unnecessary that he's in there. <laughs> he's like a regular soldier that has two lines. <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah. And he shows up in like hour three. Right, but was he even famous yet? I don't know. I don't well, I will say this. I think so. So it's, it's 1977. I've never seen any of these guys this young. Like, I was yeah. like, what is Anthony Hopkins going to look like when he's young? Yeah. And it was wild. Unbelievable. That sounds, yeah. that sounds amazing. But they could be younger. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, oh yeah. anyway. It was a fantastic movie. I don't give it a D rating. I'll give it a B plus. Hey. <laughs> and, and listen. I think that A Bridge Too Far is very cool. 
<laughs> and that is a way the cookie crumbles on a bridge too far. Okay, right, we're going to take a quick little break <laughs> and we'll be right back. Probably quicker than you than you even really want. How cold can a heart become for it crumbles on a sad same ground? I know what it's like to feel cold. I wanna Welcome back to Don't Be an Idiom. It's the uh, Idiom History Podcast. Yeah, and we all we just had some deep history. <laughs> real deep, real World War II history. That is pretty deep, actually. That's like history. That's a lot Capital for me. H. That's a lot for me. Capital H. Yeah. You history Channel, yeah. Right. But um, I think you did a great job, Albert. That was, that was the best I've ever heard you talk Thank about history. Thank you. Actually. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, if you're interested in supporting the podcast and contributing to the arts of Philadelphia, go to our Patreon. <laughs> the arts. <laughs> go check out our Patreon at um, patreon.com slash don't be an idiom. That's it, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's five bucks a month and any merch we make, we'll just send to you. Dude, um, the package is nice right now. It's a... It's looking, it's sitting pretty right now. Right. I think we already, you know, front loaded the episode. We did, we front loaded it. But just saying, you could, you know, you could be a Patreon person. We like, we're going to be sending it out in like the next week. Yeah. Then you don't have to worry about it. Even if just you're a new you. guy. Even if you're a new guy. Some people have been waiting. So yeah, if you're interested, um, please join. If not, that's cool too. And just thanks for listening. But if you want one-off stuff, you can also go to... Uh, Bandcamp. Yeah, I mentioned that in the beginning, I think. Oh. <laughs> so if you can't oh. commit, because I get it. I can't commit. Yeah. Because no one's like, hey, will you? Will you commit? And I'm like, I what? No one's asking me. So how could I commit to nothing? <laughs> All right. Well, But we are asking you. Yeah. So I, I think it's commit. Good. That, that's good. <laughs> okay. So now it's on to the second half of the, the podcast. And I'm going to guess You're what probably Ryan's thinking, idiom How long is. have I been listening to this for? <laughs> Three, four hours? <laughs> no, it's only been like 40 minutes. Um, but yeah, some of you out there might even think that we're flogging a dead horse or something. Oh, flogging a dead horse. I've or heard beating, a dead, beating horse. a dead horse. So beating a dead horse is the American English and okay. flogging a dead horse is British English. All right. So now everyone's covered. <laughs> now we got everybody. <laughs> Except the Australian English. <laughs> There's also that. Or, and the Irish. Flogging English. a dead wobbly. <laughs> wobbly? That is a wrong. All right. So what does beating a dead horse mean? It means like when you are just like, you just keep going when the issue is dead. Yeah. Like you just won't stop. It, honestly, it's my mom. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she flogs dead horses all the time. 
oh my god I like my mom would be like well I just don't think it's right I was like I know I hear you I agree she's like well because and I'm like I know you're beating a dead horse like she can't like even when I agree with her yeah. she's like because I'm just saying and I'm like yeah. I, I, know, I know I know you're, you're saying, saying. <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> so the Merriam-Webster definition goes a little something like this to keep talking about a subject that has already been discussed or decided right Absolutely. And to waste time and effort trying to do something that is impossible. Hey, we Which, both have impossible things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, they are very similar. So to perhaps, perhaps. Um, go a bridge too far is the same as beating a dead horse in a way. In a way. You'd have to really stretch the imagination to figure out what <laughs> I mean, way that I is. I feel like it was kind of the same. So, um, yeah, Albert's going to guess what the possible origin of flogging a dead horse is. What do you got for us? All right, well, there's obviously a horse. Okay, good. I'm not going to pick a different animal. <laughs> no, that's fine. I think we can all agree that that's... Unless it's yeah. like they get confused and it's like a zebra. No. Okay. The horse makes sense. All right, good. Okay. So pioneer times, right? That's when people had horses for cars, basically. Definitely pioneer right. okay. times. So there's uh, old blindy McGovern, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And ironically, or unironically, he was blind, mm -hmm. right? But he had a horse as a mode of transportation, just like anybody else. And people were often like, wow, look at Blind Ego. Like, he's, you know, he's blind and he's still able to navigate the horse through town. I mean, it's not like it's Times Square. Mm -mm. Right. Yeah, it's old. It's old timey. Old timey. It's slower, it's slower pace of living. And he can hear, he can he hear traffic. Excuse me. Clip clop. Club club. You know, and then also I've heard that some people believe that, you know, people that can't see have some sort of a sonar, like a bat kind of thing going yeah, on. Extra sense. Did you ever hear about that famous guy that could like click and he be, and then he, he swore that he could generate some sort of a pseudo vision from that? No, I never. I think maybe, yeah, you've brought this up to it's, me in private. It's wild. I've seen him interviewed and like, oh, and then he like boy. teaches kids in his schools called like the blind leading the blind. You know, I know that there's a lot of controversy here in America. Like, you well, know, you can't say blind. No, 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 no. Okay. Par like parents, you know, trying to like, especially in Florida, like parents trying to protect their kids. Oh, yes. from Things, you know, like yes. you can't read a book that's about social justice because it'll give you the wrong idea. Or, Happened in my class this week. There you go. So that's a, a popular topic here in America um, with people that are stupid and close minded. But yeah. Um, but the, what I was going to say was there is a line that as a parent I would probably draw. And that's if like, some weird middle-aged man came to my kid's school and wanted to teach him how to click. <laughs> but he's blind. They're both blind. Everyone's blind? Oh. <laughs> this, is, this guy was like a blind guy that thought he oh, figured something out, right? I, I think I missed that. Okay. Yeah. And then he would teach blind children how to like oh, run I'm at a fence and out. click like, <laughs> and then he, he, they would know when to stop because of the click. Oh, that is amazing. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Like cl crossing the street, so traffic. They, so, so I, I, they I developed like, a sonar. All right. That is, that's beautiful. Then, yeah. Right? Okay. So I was like, I was picturing it the wrong way. <laughs> like he's a creepy blind like, guy that's going to school. Like and he's just saying, like, I'm going to teach you to click. 
Not, I I missed somewhere in there that he's doing like a sonar thing that was actually that actually worked. It was legitimate. It worked. This guy is like famous. He like wrote uh, books and shit. I don't know. Okay. I don't know who the deal is, but whatever. Who the deal is? I don't know if I believe it. Yeah. He was like, I'm the blind guy that climbs trees. Yeah. Because he can click out the branches. Right. Wait. What are we talking about? Oh, aren't you guessing? Yeah, the I am. Alien mystery. Yeah. Okay. So, Blindy McGovern, who. You know, he he uses his horse to get around. And I was saying how everybody's like impressed with the fact that even though he's blind, he can he can ride his horse through town and all that sort of stuff. But um, Blindy had great hearing and, and he obviously couldn't see, but he had no sense of feel mm. and he couldn't smell either. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, one day when he was riding his horse yeah. to town um the horse died okay and it was like in the middle of an intersection okay and he was like get on now y'all now horse and he just kept <laughs> like whipping at it and beating oh, at it weird, yeah. and he's like what is your problem and he couldn't feel or smell gotcha. that the horse was dead oh and you know, God, couldn't yeah. see that it was dead Terrible. but he he wasn't hearing much different i mean he knew it wasn't <laughs> clicking along yeah. but you know Everybody was was like watching him have that sort of fit. Yeah. And they made a statue of that. Okay. And that's the whole thing. It's like, sure. you know, don't... It was very literal when it started. Yeah. Good, 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 good. No, that's wrong. Um, that's way wrong. But thank you for your guess. All right. <laughs> All right. So I meant for it to be funnier. Where does flogging a dead horse come from? I'm going to... Blindy McGovern. I already told you. Is that okay if I refer to it as flogging instead of beating? Go for it. So... Mr. Highfalutin over there. I'm trying to be highfalutin. Uh, It just predates um, beating a dead horse. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So flog comes... It's it's actually old slang, like 16th century slang. It came from Latin for whip or scourge, which is flagellum. Oh, yeah, sure. But then, you know, kids turned it from that into flog. So... Yeah, it's a lot zippier. Of course, a horse symbolizes hard work, right? It's a workhorse. It's a workhorse, yeah. I mean, for... I mean, even back in McGovern's days... Right. You know, horse is really important to the way of life. Right. So, dead horse had, in the 1600s... um, this meaning which basically meant work for which a person paid in advance they got paid for in advance but they like spent it all before they even started the job Ooh, do you know what i'm talking about yeah that sounds like some greasy business so like imagine that you have a like someone wants you to do a project and they're like i'll give you a thousand dollars and they give you a thousand dollars on as an advance yeah february 1st and then but that's what you have for you the whole project. You it away. So people that like spent that money, that was kind of called a dead horse. You know what's funny? Like work. That's what the work was called, a dead horse, because it's already you already got paid for it. You know what's interesting about this? Mm. And it could be a complete coincidence, or it could be like this big aha moment. Yeah. Um, Bojack Horseman. Yeah. He has this thing where in like the first season they want him to write a book about his life and he's Mm -hmm. like you know writer's block blah 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 and there's this one part where he makes a joke and they're like well how far along are you in the book and he's like uh you know the title or whatever 
And then he's like, but I already spent the advance. <laughs> so that's something. Sort of like a, I'm like, and it's a horse I mean, that, reference. That, that show is so freaking meta. It's it is. Like, yeah. Like, did I, mi- like, did I, anyway, go yeah, on. You so, I'm sorry. There. Wow. Simultaneously in the 1600s, um, playing a dead horse was a phrase that we used in gambling. And it basically was like, um, a wagering on something that was almost sure to lose. You were right. playing a dead horse. Right. So when you know you're going to lose, like that's playing a dead horse. Is it also the same as like playing like something with super high odds or low odds or whatever? Because why mean, would you bet wrong on purpose? Right. Well, there was this example of this guy, Sir Humphrey Foster. Mm. He like basically in a, a game of poker lost his estate, um, like almost all of it. And then playing as it is said, for a dead horse by Happy Fortune recovered it again. So that's probably like that odds thing that you're making. Oh, like right. It's the possibility of are making like money so... off it are like, yeah, impossible. Yeah, that may, I mean, that makes sense because like nobody gambles to lose completely. But man, that big, those... If you've those, got like almost nothing left. Those good odds. Like, could you imagine though, like how you get that deep down a hole? You're like, all right, here's the deed to my estate. And right. you're like, oh my God, what did I have done? But then you're like, triple or nothing on the dead yeah, horse. Exactly. And then you win, you would be like... <sighs> <laughs> That'd be a big exhale. <laughs> so I guess playing a dead horse could really turn your life around. So I love it. Those those are the the like the meanings that we have for dead horse and playing a dead horse um, in the 1600s. Let's shift up to the 1800s. And in the in 1859, there was this English politician named John Bright, mm. and he was like a very liberal minded um, uh, speaker of the house and. He just knew that his winter campaign was not going well. And he said to a friend that it, his his campaign was like flogging a dead horse. Mm. And they say that that was the first time it was used like in that way. Yeah. Because that's also a different definition than those first two, right? That gambling one. And yeah. And like, so these are kind of, kind of three definitions. I had three definitions too. Oh my God. <laughs> We're so insane. Um, and then in 1872, after that, the Globe actually put it in writing. So that was the like Boston Globe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think oh. it was like an English paper. <laughs> oh, okay. That was probably earlier. Um, cool. All right. Now, what I thought was really interesting, because like, all right, so you get like those three kind of definitions that just are associated with dead horse. And then it's in the 1800s. Then this book came out. And I don't, Albert, I just need you to think about how this all connects because I'm still, I'm, I don't know if it does and I'm still trying to figure it out. All right. Cue the harps. I'm going there. I'm going there. So this guy, Alfred Simmons, wrote this book, Old England and New Zealand. And it was all about his voyage to New Zealand. And he like did all of these journal entries about the different culture and the people and the landscape and all this stuff. But while on the ship, he wrote a diary entry about this ceremony that he witnessed called flogging the dead horse. Love a ceremony. Love well, a c- actually, most ceremonies I've seen have sucked, but like, <laughs> I love the idea of like some weird ceremony, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Well, this one was 
it struck him so visually that he that he had to write <laughs> flung it down. himself from the boat. <laughs> Almost. This guy is pumped about the ceremony. So basically, you'll recall that initial definition I mentioned where, you know, um, you would get all of your money in advance and then you'd spend it all and then but then you'd have to do the job and that was oh, calling right. work a dead horse. Right. So this happened with crews for vessels all the time in the 1800s, okay. right? Can you imagine like imagine being like you're like a, just a, a boat dude, or I'm like a pirate. pirate. And it's like, "All right, you're in my crew. Um here's, you know, here's your advance. Here's like 10,000, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Here's a thousand pounds." And then in the first two days before they even leave for the the ship, they spend all the money Grog on for everyone. <laughs> exactly. These guys are idiots. And then they have to um they gotta work on the ship for a month, but they already spent all the money. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh wait, did they get paid up front and that's it? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, and then, but then at the end of the month then they'll get paid again. I'm gonna tell so you something. Get, yeah. I learned the whole story of like the life of a whaler mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, yeah. On another podcast. Yeah. Holy fuck. Right. It what a miserable life. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, all right. So when that month ends though, and those, those crewmen, those sailors are about to get their next month's, um, wager. Yeah. They decide to have this ceremony called flogging the dead horse. Oh boy. And, um, basically they take canvas that's used for the, the sails uh-huh. and they, they make this giant effigy of a horse and like come on even the men you're kidding no i'm serious amazing so even the even the sailors would like you know donate their breeches to to make this thing like really big like we gotta do it we gotta build this horse baby it's gotta be big it's gotta be big so um simmons the author he writes about the whole ceremony so lovingly he's like clearly so engaged by it because he was there yeah he was there he was you know traveling to New Zealand. This is my horse boys. <laughs> yeah, so so Simmons said that, you know, it was there was no nostrils and no eyes, but it had really Weird. big legs and the tail was huge and all of the stuffing was hay and um, you know, like pieces other pieces of canvas or, or straw. Uh-huh. And those were the organs, and they were all stuffed in there. They even made organs? Yeah, that's what that's what he said. That's attention to detail right there. And so then you'd have all the Englishmen, Irishmen, Scottishmen, the Dutchmen, all the sailors, the cooks, the stokers, the engineers, the emigrants. They all come to the deck where this horse effigy is. And the um, the sailors tie a noose around the neck and they start marching in a circle. And Simmons... What the fuck? <laughs> and Simmons compared this to the witches of Macbeth, like marching around the cauldron. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they sing... He he says for half an hour they sang a flat minor key song like a Are you kidding? And the words were I don't know what it would have sounded like, but um maybe I'll just like sing it and see what happens. Yeah, here. what's a, yeah, I couldn't do a flat minor key a cappella, you tell me. Poor old man, thy horse will die. Poor old horse, and when he dies will tan his hide. Poor old horse, poor old horse, thy days are ended, poor old horse. 
why would anyone do that? So for 30 like minutes. someone wrote that shit. What is the point? And they were like chanting this. And then one of the sailors will drag it up to the uh, yard arm, like the, um, where the, the front sail is, like that uh-huh. huge pole. And they hang it, the horse effigy, from the pole. And then everyone just kind of, they all fill their glasses with grog, you know, just like cheap oh, whiskey. Yeah. And then they like raise their glasses up and then the rope is cut and the effigy falls into the water. And the guy was even saying how it was so amazing to behold that he wanted to buy it and give it to a museum. Like that's, wow. how, that's how enamored but, he was. But they the were thing. like, no, that's got to go He's, to the He didn't even shawl. bring it up. He didn't even bring it up. He's like, well, I can't. These guys are not going to sell it. If this it washes up on shore, fine. But. So the effigy falls into the water and Simmons makes a joke about like, if a whale thinks that's a real horse, it's going to have indigestion for the next half century. Truly. Yeah. Um, and and that's that and like and so and that marked the end of that nightmare month where no one was getting paid because they already had spent their advance wow i gotta be honest i thought you were gonna say something a little different (laughs) because i was like i know what they're gonna do they're gonna take like portions of their next like check of gold Mm. balloons right and then they're gonna like put it into the horse and they're going to beat it until the coins fall out like a pinata and then like whoever gets it wins the pot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause these guys love the spend. So like, okay, they get to, they get to their next paycheck yeah, and then they do this whole thing. Yeah. Right. And, but nobody gets any extra anything. (laughs) No, but it's just celebrating that that nightmare month is over with. Then they're getting their second advance now. But that does sound like a fun time. But anyway. Do you get weekends on the boat? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you're like working. Yeah. And like the captain just lets you have this night of flogging the horse and you're drinking. I know you're always drinking. They got to keep themselves entertained. So, but anyway, I don't know. Think about that. I Um, will. Think of it. It's like, you know, mull it over. I, I wanted to do flogging a dead horse, and there was some. I thought there were some interesting things. Quite. Though, I'm not exactly sure how they all connect <laughs> to the phrase that the I way we use it I think it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's fun stuff. That is all she wrote regarding flogging a dead horse, and um, that's the end of our show. Oh no! I was just getting warmed up. Well, people are probably ready to turn this episode off. Go to bed. Put on the fireplace. Get ready for Christmas morn. Cancel their subscription. Uh, to cancel their subscription. <laughs> cancel their subscription. Uh, thanks for listening. Well, we today. do have one last surprise, and what? that's something that you're all going to be very interested to hear about. What's the surprise? It's a fake surprise. There isn't one, but the countdown is going. People love fake surprises. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah, they were worried for a second. Uh, hit us up at don't be an idiot at gmail.com. And until next time, don't be an idiot. Pretty great actually
some brass rings Look at mud passionately Scratch my butt with a twig That kid's always messing around on top of my bridge. Thinking of moving to a bridge down yonder with a creek and a bullfrog. Fish